Hey, good morning to all of you at Awaken Church today. Uh, Paul Burton here, and uh, I'm bringing this message actually from Luxembourg. My sister and her husband have lived here for quite a few years now, and we've uh, just popped over to visit them for a few days because we're pretty close. And uh, fortunately, um, local affairs aren't, aren't uh, too expensive up here in the Northern Hemisphere. So here I am uh, to share the Word of God with you. And, and let me say again, and I, I will say this point over and over again, the Holy Spirit is the one who teaches your heart. The Holy Spirit is come. It's his responsibility to reveal the truth of Christ to your heart. It's our responsibility when he reveals it to respond, to trust, to believe, and, and to allow that truth to grow in us. So I'm not the prime teacher here. The Holy Spirit is. So open your heart. And listen for what the Holy Spirit is saying to you, how he's teaching you to trust in Jesus Christ today. We're in the book of Galatians, and we're looking at the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're looking to get free from distortions and from lies and the work of the enemy that wants to continue to choke the work of the gospel in our life. So even though we believe something of Jesus, it's like it's choked and it's not bearing fruit. And we're looking to allow the Holy Spirit to undo those choking things and to bring fresh revelation to us of Jesus fresh faith into us that we can believe. You know, we, we talk about little faith and great faith. And I was just thinking the other day, I, want, I wonder, if, you know, little faith is little used faith. It's, it's little because it's not used much. Great faith is greatly used faith. It's great because it's being used a lot. You know, we, we've been given a gift of faith. You don't even need to try and find faith. Just use the gift and begin to choose to trust God. We're looking at Galatians, and I'm going to read again verses 19 to 21. They're the three I want to focus on in this little message. And let's go for it. These verses are amazing. They, they are, this is foundational stuff. This, this is rock-bottom uh, Christian life verses. There's verses in the Bible that are describing things. There's verses in the Bible that are laying foundation. Here is a foundation. There is a verse. These verses, you, you can't go past them without saying, Holy Spirit, how are they being worked in my life? Because they are foundational. Let's read them together. Galatians 2, 19 to 21. I'm reading today from the NIV. Um, some of you would have picked up. I do a lot of reading from the English Standard Version. Uh, but today, NIV. For through the law, I died to the law, so that I might live for God. I have been crucified with Christ. Christians are crucified with Christ. There's a title for this message. Christians live in the crucified life. For through I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God. For if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. Father God, speak to hearts. Speak to hearts. Speak to the person who's overcome with anxiety of, of I just want wanting you but not seeming to be able to find you. Let them know that the answer's in their dying, not in their trying. Christians are crucified 
with Christ. When I first read, or, or when I first noticed, uh, or became aware of Galatians 2.20, it was a couple of months, uh, maybe even a, me, me, a few weeks, after I had been rescued from this present evil age by Jesus Christ. When, it, when I had responded by faith to him and experienced this rescue and the work of the gospel and setting me free and cleansing my heart and imparting into me the new life of Christ. And it was amazing and it was great. And, and I read this verse, and particularly verse 20, and, and I just felt like I was reading what I, what was happening in my life. When I read, I have been crucified with Christ, I was like, yeah, that, that's what happened to me. It's like the life I had been living up until that point had gone. It was finished. It was in Christ. Yes, there was remnants of it and echoes of it and memories of it, things that God was still working out in me. But the principle of it, the, the body of it, the, I, I was like I had unbound myself from that life. I, I rejected that life. I turned away from that life. I withdrew myself from that life. I was crucified with Christ. And I would say, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. You know, I'd stop living who I was, but now I was living the new me with Christ in me. And the amazing thing that happens here is that, that, that I found that the life that I now lived out in the same body, with the same mind and the same history, I now live by faith in the Son of God. Not an academic faith, but it was like that faith that binds us together as one. The faith of trusting one another, that, that he has trusted me to respond to the gospel, to respond to his love, to respond to the invitation he gave to me, and, and I trusted him with my response. And it's like now we were like one, living out this life together, me on earth, Christ in me. This is amazing. It was amazing. I, I don't think I fully understood it. But I certainly felt like I was reading my experience in Christ. And I, I hope it's yours as well. And then he reads in verse 21, So I do not set aside the grace of God. For if righteousness to be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. So I, I'm not trying to find, gain any righteousness. I'm trying to live in the righteousness I have by faith in Christ. I'm not trying to get more righteous. I'm just looking to live out the righteousness I have by faith in Jesus Christ. And, and that's what I want for you too. That's what I want for you too. This, this gospel is so good. It is so precious. It is so powerful. It is so wonderful. It, 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 we just can't understand it. We can understand some things about it, but we just it's too good. It's too big. It's too much. Oh, but we can join in and we can begin to live it. I want to look at the lens of these, these verses through the lens, excuse me for getting rid of that itchy there, through the lens of two covenants, through the lens of the old covenant and the new covenant, two covenants, one, two. There was an old covenant and the mediator of that covenant was Moses. And the old covenant began at a certain time in history and came until a certain time in history. It began with Moses and it was until Christ came. And it was a covenant that, that's represented by the term law in Galatians. And it was a covenant that people held to. That if we have faith in this covenant, we bind ourselves to this old covenant, we can be righteous. And if we're righteous, we can be saved by God. See, a covenant is a relationship 
where two are bound together by faith. Just imagine, you know, two people standing together and, and just bound together so much that they function and live and act like one. So in a covenant, it's always two in covenant live together, live as if they are one. And God has invited us to be in this covenant he, Jesus has with the Father. That's the new covenant. So there's the old covenant. The mediator was Moses, and, and it bound us to the law. The law was written initially on stone and then on pages, and it bound us to that. And so we're trying to read the page and do the stuff and live out this covenant, and we always fail. So it's a covenant of condemnation. The new covenant, Jesus spoke of it as the new covenant in his blood. So the new covenant is written in the blood of Jesus. It, Jesus is the mediator, but Jesus is also the covenant. And it's written in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So now in the new covenant, it's by faith in Jesus and by living from the Holy Spirit's work in our hearts. It's a completely different covenant. So if you're going to go from being bound together with law to bound together with Christ, there needs to be a death to one, the unbinding of that covenant, and the, the new life, the resurrection, the becoming into the other. And that's what verse 19 is talking about, where it says that through the law, I died to the law. I died to that covenant. Through Moses, I died to being bound to the law. The law, the law didn't disappear. I just died to it, and it's dead to me, and I'm dead to it. He's saying, Peter, wake up. You're dead to the law. Why were you starting to live as if the law had power in your life, as if the law had authority over you, as if people could judge you from the law? Come on, you're dead to the law so that I can come alive in Christ. The way from the old covenant to the new covenant is not gradual steps. It may feel like that at times because we're growing in understanding of it, but the way to it is a death and a new life. It's the crucifixion, for I am crucified with Christ, and it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. See, when Christ died on the cross, the old covenant died with him. And as I come into the cross, I die to the old covenant. We want to look at these verses through the lens of these two covenants. Because we're invited into the new covenant between Jesus and his Father in heaven, the Son of God on earth and the Father in heaven. And they've created a new covenant and invited us in. We're going to hear more about this as we go through Galatians. That's enough for now. And I want to look at this through Peter's journey, because this text here, verses 19 to 21, is said in reference to what Peter did back in verses 11 to 14 in the church in Antioch, and is part of the response of the Holy Spirit spoken through Paul to Peter. And so let's look at Peter's journey in the light of these verses and uh, these two covenants. We know that, that Peter met Jesus and, well, in the book of Luke, we find him meeting Jesus in chapter 5 when Jesus is on the shore and there's heaps of the crowds come and they're wanting to hear what Jesus has got to say and there's no room. And so, so Peter's boat is there. Hey, Peter says, use my boat. And Jesus gets in Peter's boat and from the boat he speaks to the crowd. 
We find Peter with that generous heart, that serving heart, that wanted to be part of the story heart. We see Peter at this point as a devout man, following the old covenant, bound to the law, but also a zealous man looking for the Messiah that that covenant promised. And after they after they had finished the meeting and the people had scattered and Jesus says to Peter, hey, let's go fishing. And Peter says, no, no, I'm a fisherman. We fished all night last night. We didn't catch anything. It was a bad night. And this is not the time to go fishing and Jesus says, let's go fishing. And so Peter says, okay, let's go fishing. And they went out and they and he was fishing and he cast an net and he, and he caught an amazing catch. And they go back and something's going on in Peter's life. And he's seen that this Jesus is, is he just says, there's something different about you. You're the one from God. And, and, and Peter, Jesus says to Peter, follow me and I will make you a fisher of men. He invited him to follow him as a rabbi, invited a disciple to follow him. And Peter's starting to learn that there's a new covenant. It's not in following the words on the page. It's in following the person of Jesus Christ. All those words are about the person of Jesus Christ. And, and he doesn't got it, seen it clearly yet, but he's beginning to. And, and uh, he also said, Peter, follow me and you'll become a fisher of men. What he's saying is, Peter, you'll be like me. You'll lay down your life for others too. That's the new covenant. It's about laying down our life for, for Jesus and, and laying down our uh, life for people in Jesus. And so Peter goes on, we go on, and in Matthew 16, we find an amazing uh, little story. And Jesus says to his disciples, who do men say I am? And, and one says, oh, some say this and some say that. He says, no, what do you guys say? And Peter says, you are Jesus, the son of the living God. You are the Christ, the, the son of the living God. And, and Peter goes, whoa. And Jesus then goes, man, this is special. And Peter, you didn't come across this by yourself. And this didn't come from man. God revealed this to your heart. Remember what Paul said in Galatians, end of Galatians chapter 1 and into chapter 2? I got my gospel revealed to the, I got the gospel, not my gospel. I got the gospel of Jesus Christ revealed to my heart by God. It, it began in God. It hasn't got a human origin. And Peter's saying the same thing. And Jesus saying, you've got it from God. Peter got a revelation of the new covenant from God, that Jesus was the one. And, and this is so special. Peter got it from God. You've got to get it from God. I've got to get it from God. I've got to know that I have met Jesus, that the Spirit of God has testified to my heart about who Jesus is. It's personal. Yes, we bring our testimony to others and there's accountability and we and the body you know, speaks into it together, but, but we've each got to have that. Have you got that? As you sit and listen to me, does your heart say, I know Jesus. I know what Peter was talking about there. I know what Jesus was talking about there. I know what it is for the Father to reveal to my heart that Jesus is my son. He is my savior. He is a redeemer. We're going to, if you haven't, please go after it. Sit with God. Ask for it. Pursue it. God wants to reveal it to you. Don't look, don't look at people for it. Look to God. Look to God. Let him speak to your heart. And, and don't look for it the way you think it's going to come, because it's going to come in the way that he brings it. Later on in that chapter, things change a little bit. And, and Jesus is beginning to talk, Matthew 16, I'm still there, is beginning to talk about uh, the day that he's going to suffer and die. Peter says, hey, come aside, Jesus. I just need to talk to you over here. Now, Jesus, do you know that this is not going to happen to you? We're not going to let it happen to you. No way. And, uh, but Jesus says to him, get behind me, Satan. Do you see, you see this? Up here, 
Blessed are you. God is speaking to you. You have a revelation from God and some other great things down here. Get behind me, Satan. And he said, why? Because you're going to be a hindrance to me. Why? Because you have in mind the things of men, not the things of God. See, we get a revelation. We don't get all revelation in one moment. Peter knew something. He didn't know everything. See, one of the ways we live in the new covenant is it's about knowing Jesus, not knowing everything. Old covenant, you've got to know everything because you've got to get it right. New covenant, you've just got to know Jesus. you just got to know Jesus, not everything. We just cling tightly to our faith in Jesus and walk that out day to day. Not everything. It's an amazing difference. It's a wonderful difference. And so Peter is learning the difference the hard way. I don't know if you've ever had God rebuke you. You need to have had. None of us see everything. None of us get to stand over Jesus and tell him who he is and what he does. And none of us get to stand over other people either. We live out from our hearts what God is revealing to us in the scriptures and we share it with one another. But Peter's on a journey, John 6, we see Jesus talking about the new covenant. We see him talking about the day that, that people need to eat his body and, and drink his blood. And, and we know later on, he says, this, this, this juice you drink this on, the, on the Passover is the blood of my new covenant. And as we drink it, we're participating together. We're in the cross. We're, we're, it's, it's, it's a bit of a mystery, but there's some truth in there. And as he's saying this, people starting to scratch their heads. I mean, there was a crowds there, everyone there. They wanted to make him king. But now they start to leave. They get disgruntled. They don't understand. They get grumpy. They start to leave. The crowds are dispersing. And Jesus' disciples are going, what's going on, man? We thought we were on a winning thing here. We got the crowd. It must have been God. But the crowd is dispersing. And Jesus says to his disciples, are you going to? Jesus won't change the story to keep you. And Jesus won't keep you when you want to go. See, we're in the new covenant. This is about our hearts trusting his heart. The old covenant was about all of us being trying to keep something written on a page, trying to be good enough. The new covenant is our hearts trusting his heart and revealed in Jesus Christ. He said, do you want to go to? And, and, and Peter said, well, who could we go to? Who could we go to? Because you have the words of eternal life. You are the Holy One who came from the living God. There's no one else. Are you seeing something about Peter? We know more about his sifting and his denial and finding out that he didn't live from his own strength. But then also on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came into his life and he went out and preached to the city. And when he got arrested and he just stood there and spoke the word of God, no shaking, no falling apart, no, no compromising. He's, he's on this track. We know later on in Acts chapter 10, the end of chapter 9 into chapter 10, God spoke to Peter about just eating anything. The law says you shouldn't, but I say it's okay. Why? Because Peter, you've died to the old. You're crucified with me. You're dead to the old. And you're alive to me. You're alive to the new. Galatians 9, 2, uh, 1, 19. He was showing him how that works out in his life. I should have said 2, 19. For I'm dead to the law, but alive in Christ. And then he met some men. Some men came and knocked on his door. Men from Cornelius up in Caesarea. And they said, hey, our, our, the guy who we live with, our, our owner, I suppose, he, he's invited you to come to his house and tell him about Jesus. Peter would never have gone into an un house of someone who wasn't circumcised before that day. And if God hadn't showed him that you're dead to the law, he wouldn't have gone. But he went. 
and he went into that house and he fellowshiped and ate with them and he told them about Jesus and as he talked to them about Jesus, the Holy Spirit fell on them and Peter knew that's what was happening. So, you know, he talked about some things about how he knew and, and then he baptized them with water because he figured if God was going to baptize them with the Holy Spirit, because remember what Jesus said, that I will baptize you with the Holy Spirit, then why shouldn't he baptize them with water? And, he, and again, he's demonstrating a new covenant life lifestyle. He's not, he's dead to the old, but alive to the old. Oh, yes, there's an echo. There's a memory. There's some struggle going on at times. Because when he got back in Acts 11, back down to Jerusalem, and he said, oh man, what happened up there? People criticized him. You shouldn't have gone into the house of that man. He's not a Jew. He's uncircumcised. You shouldn't have eaten with him. But he said, no, no, you've got to hear what God did. And you've got to hear how God led me. And, and he told the story and they all rejoiced together. And so then we come to Antioch that Paul referred to in, in Galatians chapter 2, verses 11 to 14, that we read in that reading. And, and Peter's there at a later date after this. And for some reason, we don't know exactly, we know some men came from James and he got afraid of what they were going to say about him. And so for some reason, he who had just been meeting with every believer, just fellowshipping in Jesus, Jew and non-Jew alike, circumcised and uncircumcised, people who'd grown up with the law, people who'd never followed the law like Cornelius, and now he separates himself. Now he starts to do this hypocritical thing. Now he starts to do this thing that says, oh, well, you know, it's like there's two Gospels. There's one for the Jews and one for the Gentiles, and they shouldn't mix. Because that's what his practice was saying, even if that's not what he would have said. And Peter rebukes him. And he's saying, Peter, how can you, with all you know about coming out of the old and into the new, start acting now like the old still has authority in your life? Like you've still got to please the old. You've still got to please. The old's dead. You don't have to please it and it has no authority in your life. And when the devil shows up and tries to judge you according to the old covenant of performance about your ability to do the right thing, you just got to look and say, no, no, I'm dead to that now. I'm alive in Christ and I'm just trusting Jesus and he's doing the right thing but I'm doing his thing and so he rebukes him and these verses are spoken to Peter to remind him that he has come out of an old covenant and come into a new covenant you did to the Lord Peter so why are you trying to follow it when you know it cannot save you? You're alive in Christ. So why aren't you just fellowshipping with everybody as alive in Christ, as, as believers together, as a body of Christ? Why do you keep separating? Your, why are you separating yourself from people just because you've got different opinions? Just because other people are judging you? Just that they have no power in their judgment. I want to ask you today, are you trusting Christ alone for your salvation? Not, not other people's opinions, not my opinion. Are you trusting Christ alone for his testimony in your heart that you are his son, you are his child? Are you a believer in Jesus now? Or are you a believer in law? Die to the law. Count yourself dead to the law and alive in Christ. Peter needed to wake up. He needed to return to his first love. He needed to repent of turning back to the old covenant, the performance covenant, the, the, the my works covenant, the how good am I covenant, or even the how bad am I covenant. And he needed to bind himself afresh to Jesus Christ. With his history, he should have known better. 
He'd been the leader of breaking out and he had slipped back. We're all vulnerable, you know. Isn't it good that God's grace just keeps coming to us and mercy keeps coming to us? And Peter needed to learn again what it was to be able to, to say, I am crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up to me. I am bound to him and I'm living as if he was living through me. That's how he lived in the book of Acts after Pentecost. You saw Peter there living as one bound to Christ. It was like Christ was continuing to live out there, people getting healed, things being said, the church coming forth. Why? Because Christ was continuing to live. It was like Christ was there in them living, and he was indeed. And that's what he wants for you and I. I've got one more uh, point to make here, and then I'm going to finish with a prayer. In the Garden of Eden, we find there was only one thing, one thing not to do. Only one thing that would bring death. Only one thing God said, don't go there. And that was to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So the whole of the garden was just a place of fellowship with God, creativity and fellowship with one another. There wasn't many, but they were still there. But then they go and eat of that one tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And, and the, the, the goal of eating of that tree was to unbind ourselves from being covenanted with God and to covenant ourselves with ourselves. To see if through our own ability to know good and evil, we can be like God's. Well, we know we're like God because we're in fellowship with God, because the Spirit was with us. Let's see if we can do it all by ourselves. Let's see if we can make ourselves like God's. When God gave the law, it's like saying, well, here's what it looks like to live like God. Go and see if you can bind yourself to the law, bind yourself to yourself, and see if you can live like God. Written into the law was mercy because it had to be because they were going to fail. Now we live in a world where the tree of the knowledge of good and evil rules over our world. It's the reign of death over our world, with men and women and people everywhere trying to make themselves gods over their own world, over their own lives, over, over that which they can control. Some of them, you know, whatever they can control, they want to live like gods over it. And God is inviting us to, to die to that, to count ourselves dead to that, to identify with the cross, I am crucified with Christ. Like Jesus trusted the Father as he went to the cross, I want to trust the Father. I want to bind myself to trusting the Father, to trusting his story for my life, even in death. And it's now it's no longer I who lives. I don't live trying to make myself, prove myself, follow my passions, follow my desires, achieve all my goals. I live in Christ to live out Christ in me. And yes, I still live in a physical body, in a physical world, but I live here bound to Jesus Christ by faith, that Christ continues to live in me, that we live as one. Now there's, in the Garden of Eden, there was one thing to avoid, but now in this world, there's one thing God asks us to bind ourselves to. And he's asking us, will you bind yourself to Jesus Christ? Would you cling tightly to your faith in Christ? 
Will you, will you live with that as the one thing that's in your heart, clinging tightly to your faith in Jesus Christ? And these verses really do help us. They help me to identify with these verses. In Galatians, particularly verse 20, about 19, 20, and 21, for through the law I died to the law so that I might live for God. I can't live for both, and neither can you. I can't live with me as my Lord and Jesus as my Lord. I can't live trying to save myself and with Jesus as my Saviour. I can't live trying to please God through the law and trying to please him through faith in Christ. I can't live trying to please people and trusting my life to our Father in heaven, and neither can you. So we make a choice. I die to the law. I die to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I die to trying to save myself through law, through knowledge, through practice, through anything. I live to Jesus Christ alone. I've got one thing. I cling to my faith in Christ. And he says, this is what it looks like. I have been crucified with Christ. You see, 20, verse 20 is amplifying verse 19. And in some ways, it's, it's a commentary on verse 19. The Bible speaking to the Bible. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the body, in this physical body and flesh on earth, I live by faith. I live bound to the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who loved me and gave himself up for me. We're so bound together, it's like we're one. I don't get it. I don't try and make it happen, but I've got to live from that place of reality. That's my new reality. And this is the grace of God. So I do not set aside the grace of God. I do not set aside the grace of God. I want to ask you to make this verse, Galatians 2.20, your prayer and your confession every day. Every day. Put it somewhere. Write it on a mirror. Whatever it works for you. Write it on your hand. I've seen people do that. They need to remember some verses. Write them on their hand so they can just look at it and remember them and confess them again and meditate on them again and pray them back to God again. Make this verse your prayer and your confession, not because you understand it, not because you've got it all sorted out, because something in your heart is saying, God, I want what you've got for me. I want this. I want this. I want this to be alive in my heart. I want it to be working in me. I want it to be producing its, its truth in me. And I'm not too sure if it is, and I'm not too sure how to make it happen. So I come to it and I choose it. I choose it. And, and, and I pray it. And, and then we begin to have a prayer and just get up in the morning and say, Jesus, today I offer myself to you to be crucified with Christ. Father, I offer myself to be crucified with Christ again today. And I declare I no longer live. I've died to the law. I've died to the old me. But Christ lives in me. But Christ lives in me. Thank you, Father, that Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in this body that I'm going to live out today I live by faith in the Son of God. I bind myself to Jesus Christ and, and see that we are living as if we were one. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, grow that in me. Help me to live it every moment of every day. Let the power of it flow in me. Let the truth of it grow in me. 
that I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God. I don't turn back to the old covenant. I stay in the new covenant. For if the righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. One more time. Will you make this your prayer, your confession every day, just for some period of time, maybe a week, maybe two weeks, maybe a month, maybe more, because I'm saying just do it until you just know it is alive in you, until it's happening in you, until it's bearing fruit in you. Get up every morning, read the verse, not a parody, but read it and let the Holy Spirit turn it into a prayer. Pray it back to God. I could turn it into a prayer and you could go pray it and that would be helpful. But, but just do it. Just do it. Just get into it. Say, Holy Spirit, today I have been crucified with Christ. You know what I do then, as I said before, and God, I can't crucify myself, so I offer myself up. Crucify me with Christ today. Let me be dead to the law today, dead to myself today, that I can be alive to Christ today, and that Christ can be alive in me today. Because I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. This is my faith. And this life I now live. You know, I say it over and over again, aren't I? You know why? Because I want you to hear it over and over again. I want you to say it over and over again. In the body, I live by faith in the Son of God. The precious, wonderful Son of God. Who loved me and gave himself up for me. Amen. Amen. Father God, I pray for every person sitting in the awakened building. Every person listening to this online now. And I pray, um, Lord Father, that you would be taking this word and writing it into their hearts, that it would be life to them. It would be like a breath of life to them now. It would be hope to them. It would be strength to them. It would bear fruit in them, that they would start to see themselves bound together with Jesus as if they were one, because you are one. By faith, we become one. And then what is in Christ flows into us, and then it flows out of us and into our world. So, Father, I pray for a new revelation of what it is to live in the new covenant in Christ, to be happening in lives in the awakened church today, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Bless you guys. Uh, have a great day. Have a great Sunday. Make sure you take that verse, put it somewhere where you can meditate on it again and again through the day over the next week or two or three. Man, bless you all. Bye.